what's happening guys welcome to the dynasty war zone the people's dynasty podcast and it is here it is time for our hot take our seasonal hot take that's going to lead to dynasty implications hot take season is here and he's here back with me again he is my co-host he's super hot in his own right he is in fact the man of the hour and the man with the power jerry sinclair buddy what's going on Nothing. Thank you for saying I'm hot. You know, it's the positive positivity that I need it's to the weather, move I think. forward. Uh, well, it's definitely hot. It's actually been. It's going to be dreadful next week. Um, you know, this is a this is a weird a weird episode for me because we are not usually hot takey people, but we're going to do it with our own flair. Well, we are going to do it with our own flair. Now, these are hot takes. Now, these aren't those gimmicky T-A-E-K-S takes. Those are bullshit takes. We don't do bullshit takes at the Dynasty Warzone. We only do the best of hot takes. So we've got, I've got three. Jerry, you have three as well. I'm pretty sure you should have three. That's awesome. But, Jerry, what number comes after three? Four. Four. That's exactly right. And that's how many places you should be subscribed for content from the Dynasty War Zone and Player Profiler. There are two YouTube channels. There's a Player Profiler YouTube channel. There's a Dynasty War Zone YouTube channel. Now, Jerry, you know in the last like month or so, maybe two months, we've had a producer. His name's Kevin, right? Love Kevin. Bad, bad MF-er. Ke- Kevin is a bad man. And Kevin, last Friday, he and I did a bonus edition of Dynasty Breakouts or Dynasty Fakeouts on our podcast channel it's going to be on our youtube channel this week but you didn't get that if you weren't subscribed to both youtube channels dynasty warzone and player profiler the podcast for that episode with kevin has already dropped on our podcast feed so you have two podcast feeds two youtube feeds one of each player profiler and dynasty warzone but there you go man and by the way do you know what this week is a player profiler jerry what is it it is crossover week and i don't mean like hoops now, this is a football podcast. Jerry, you watch hoops, right? You're a Michigan State grad. They've they've had a bit of success during your time there sure. in uh, East Lansing, right? Yes. And you, you are familiar with the term crossover. You probably think of dribble. Yes, and rolled ankles from my case. But are, are, are you not a good basketball player, Jerry? No, absolutely not. Well, you know what we're going to do here at Player Profiler for crossover week? It's like everything's going to be – it's going to feel out of sorts, but it's like – Matt Kelly is going to host shows that aren't his show. The Podfather is not hosting The Mind of Mansion. He's not hosting The Sonic Truth. He's hosting, I think, Trade Gods and a couple of others. Oh, but you know who is co-hosting The Sonic Truth this week? This guy. This guy right here with Jax Falcone of The Undrafted, along with the normal moderator, Alan Soslowski. So it's going to be a banger on the Sonic Truth. You're going to love that. You're going to see me. You're going to see Alan. You're going to see Jax. You're going to see Theo in different spots. You're going to see Billy Muzio in different spots. It's crossover week. So it's just another way of going around, finding the people. And Jerry, do you know what show is going to end crossover week? Dun, da, dun, dun, dun. No, no, no one is, is, is co-hosting the Dynasty Warzone. But you know... The the requests have been answered. It's been long enough. It's been too damn long. The Podfather, Matt Kelly, is coming in the Dynasty War Zone next week. The show has already got a title, Jerry. Do you know what the you know what the title is? 
I do because I actually read the email. But if you want to let the listeners know, look at me preparing. It is called Dynasty's Most Wanted. So if you want to see me and the Podfather and Jerry chop it up on the Dynasty War Zone, you got to subscribe everywhere. Crossover week, big to do here at Player Profiler, here for Dynasty War Zone, here for me because I'm going to be everywhere while Jerry's out working and paying the bills. And speaking of paying the bills, we're going to take just one minute, one hot second to hear from the Podfather, and he's going to tell us about our friends at Underdog. Let's take a moment to talk about Underdog Fantasy. Now, many of you have already signed up. Thousands have signed up from Player Profiler already over the years. Underdog has supported us since 2020. Much of what you see on Player Profiler is because of Underdog, because of their support. Get the Underdog app, plug in that promo code UNDERWORLD. I used to play Underdog just for the best ball drafts. I mean, the best ball drafts are amazing. These draft rooms fill so quickly, and you can win life-changing money. You want to take advantage of all the sleepers we talk about on this show? Well... What better place than in an underdog draft room to do that? And I recommend taking your underdog play to the next level by diving into their NFL pickums. It's important to correlate those NFL pickums. You can pick both the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to exceed expectations. Correlate them, and you can 5X your payout. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Underdog Fantasy, the promo code is UNDERWORLD. For an instant deposit match up to $100, underdog is the truest friend of the underworld. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, 100% the underdog is the truest friend of the underworld. And as the notorious J, the uh, notorious JR in the YouTube live chat says, mark those calendars, people. Yeah, I, I, I most certainly would. Because first of all, we're going to bring you a show with Matt Kelly, unlike other shows that bring you shows with Matt Kelly. I'm not going to go in it anymore. I'm just telling you to listen. You need to get over there because... Me and Matt and Jerry are going to rip this thing up in a way that you guys haven't experienced the pod father before. Going to be a good time. And speaking of things that I don't think I've ever seen before was Jerry was actually working on the show before the day of the show. <laughs> now, normally the good people, bad tweets come from me and or it comes from you, the listeners. In this case, this one came from Jerry. And I, I got to say, I had another one. I can save the other one. Uh, it's a repeat offender. We'll, we'll get with that later. But Jerry, you sent this to me, and I, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to give you the, the first crack at this one. Are you ready? Yep. Now, this good people, bad tweets, comes from a very good good people, and that's Colin Cowherd. Sometimes he calls himself Uncle Colin. And Uncle Colin says, right now, Justin Fields is a bust. He's 5-20. and 20. He's a YouTube quarterback. His highlights are great. Now, Jerry, you sent that to me. You sent that to me. You were moved enough to say, holy cow, this is a good people. This is a bad tweet. You saw this. Why did you send it to me? You know what? Actually, it wasn't because it was a bad tweet, Randy. Because I think Colin Cowherd is correct. If there is one thing that Justin Fields does extremely well, it's getting those little clippets. 
And the fact that he called him a YouTube quarterback, it struck me. Because he really he's not winning. He's not a great passer. He's if it weren't for fantasy football, the world would not talk about Justin Fields. So that, that, that's that's what I got. It, honestly, I am surprised this came out of Colin Cowherd's mouth and not your mouth, which maybe it has at some point, honestly. But yeah, I, I I know you I know you didn't hate it. Well, 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 no, I thought I thought you, you know, thought this was a bad tweet because I have got an entire Justin Fields section of this show today. That is what we call a tease here in the industry. I have uh, Mr. Fields representing one of my hot takes. Is that hot take good or is that hot take bad? But you know what? Just in case, because, you know, um, it's not good people, bad tweets without Uncle Dana, because, you know, I, I love Dana White. So uh, let's see here. What would Dana say about this? This motherfucker on the planet. Holy shit. Yep. Yep. Dana White. Uh, he ends good people, bad tweets every single week. Now, Jerry, let's get into it. Let's do hot takes. Now, you can go in whatever order you want. If you want to go with your spiciest take first, that's cool. If you want to back it down a little bit, that is also cool. But what is your first hot take for the 2023 season as it relates to Dynasty? And the first one is definitely not going to be my spiciest take, but people really don't love the man. So I'm going to say it. Najee Harris is going to finish as RB1. He is in an offense where he does overall? not have it. Overall, the That's number one running back in fantasy. He doesn't have any competition. He's a good pass catcher. He's got another, you know, he's got some time removed from the foot injury. Arguably, he's the best skill position player on that team. Arguably, he's going to be the basis of that offense. Do you really want to rely on Kenny Pickett to sort of carry you? I don't know if they do. Listen, it, it's a it's a hot take because he's never finished there, and you know he's trending downward in in fantasy circles. But in the world of fantasy, in the world of dynasty, there are so few situations where he is without competition, and he's a good pass catcher. That's just that's a floor that is so wonderful. Najee, one. Spit in my face in a couple of months if I'm wrong, but honestly, that's easily the least spicy thing I'm going to say today. Well, I I don't hate it because I like Najee Harris too. If anyone says, you know, Najee Harris is going to have a big 2023, that's me. If you've not seen the world-famous, in quotations, draft kit, Najee Harris is one of my two guys. I love Najee Harris. I mean, I, th- I think he's a stud. I think it was his rookie year where he finished as like RB3 on the season. And in order for him to get back there, I do believe that he's going to need to get back to that, you know, passing volume that he got from, from that time. That's my one concern. I think he's going to be great. I'm not worried about, you know, Jalen Warren coming in there and stealing a bunch of work. I do believe Jalen Warren will have some standalone value. A lot of us play in dynasty leagues where we're playing eh. – 10, 12, maybe 14 deep in starting lineups. There's a world where you could actually roll him out there. But I'm actually so much more bullish on the Pittsburgh offense than I realized. And this is not a Scott Fishbowl show, but I somehow wound up in a backdoor Pittsburgh Steeler stack in the Scott Fishbowl. I took Najee early. I know everybody loves in the Scott Fishbowl. Everybody loves 
the wide receivers and I don't get it. Would you say that Justin Jefferson had a good season last year? Is that fair to say? <laughs> that is uh, that is fair to say. And out of all the people in this current scoring format, as good as his season was, he was the 16th scorer in terms of fantasy points in this format, in the Scott Fishbowl format. Yeah. So, but but this format really favors running backs that catch the ball and running backs that actually rush the ball and and guys that do both do very well in this format. And and I see people talking about the Cowboys in the chat. I I have a a, a dual running back stack. I'll, I'll take my stack over the stack of, you know, a couple of big wide receivers. I've got Tony Pollard, Najee Harris. So I am 110% on board with you as it relates to Najee Harris. I think one's a little bit spicy, and I think it's out of the realm of possibility, especially if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy. If, you know, my guy. The dude dude has never missed a game so far in his two seasons. He's had at least 1,200 yards. He's had at least 10 touchdowns. And yet we we cast this man aside, and it is – He's the new Josh Jacobs. I'll be real honest. Everybody, everybody hates Josh Jacobs. Everybody literally hates Josh Jacobs. All he does is put up RB1 seasons. Now, I don't think he's, again, RB1 overall. I think that's a little bit spicy because I've got a running back I'm going to talk about later in the show that also has uh, some spice to it. But let me get to my first one because I'm starting off with a hot take, but it's maybe it's not as hot as you may think. And my guy is McCorkle Jones. Mac Jones, he's going to finish this season in the top 12 of QBs. And I really, really, really wanted to say top eight. I, I But I started writing down names and looking at projections, and I was just like, I want this to be hot without being stupid. Because there's a clear delineation between the two. You can give a hot take, and you can give a stupid take. And I, I just couldn't figure out a world where Mac Jones makes it into the top eight. But first of all, I look at New England's schedule. And New England plays the toughest schedule in the NFL per Sharp Football Analysis. Now, what Sharp Football Analysis does is they take every team's opponent's projections, win-loss from Vegas. So not last year's win-loss because things change, right? The Colts may have went up based off of last year. They got a new quarterback. Houston got a new quarterback. So they change with the Vegas projected win total. And this is not a not a schedule that you're going to run on. They've got six divisional games against good offenses. They've got Miami and Buffalo. And now Aaron Rodgers is in, is in New York with the Jets. Plus, they have games against Dallas, the Chargers, Kansas City, Denver, and the Eagles. Now, he was QB 18 as a rookie, and he threw for 3,800 yards and 22 touchdowns with a real offensive coordinator, and that was Josh McDaniels. But last year, he fell to 3,000 yards and 14 touchdowns, Jerry, under Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. Now, you're very familiar with Matt Patricia. Yeah, he's a wet fart. He's a walking, talking wet fart. Can you you explain to me how a guy has a laminated sheet of paper, but he has has like a golf pencil behind his ear? I would love to not talk about Matt Patricia anymore. Because Matt Patricia is like a literal genius. He's a Mensa member, but... Laminated paper, pencil, I've I've never understood. And they've added to this offense. You know, they added Juju. They added my boy, Mike Gusecki. They drafted Kayshawn Butte. And I'm going to give you a little name to remember, Demario Douglas. I love Demario Douglas. He could be an absolute free, like he could be on waiver wires in in, in some of the leagues. And so remember that name. Plus they've got Devontae Parker. Plus they've got Tyquan Thornton, Kendrick Bourne. So it's there's like no A 
you don't have an ace, but you have like five deuces. So at, le at least you have competent professional wide receivers. And the biggest addition for me is Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, when he was in Houston, his offense has averaged 4,000 yards passing a season and 26 touchdowns. And that's just a little bit better than Max rookie numbers, right? Mm -hmm. But you're going to say, but Memphis, he had Deshaun Watson. He was Deshaun Watson was great in Houston. That is true. That is true. But, you know, he also had a lot of time with guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tom Savage, Brian Hoyer, and Brock Osweiler. And that goes into those averages as well. You know, Mac needs to, to show New England what he could do because this is the make or break year for Mac Jones. He finishes the season as a QB one, couldn't go as bold as to say a top eight QB. Jerry, what do you think about my take on McCorkle Jones? Because that's his real name is actually Michael McCorkle Jones, goes by Mac, but on this show, we always refer to him as McCorkle. I did not realize that Indiana had legalized marijuana, so congratulations to you. Um, it, th there was parts of what you said that I could get behind. The problem is, is bro's got to cut down his interceptions. He's had double digits both seasons. I don't love his wide receiver core. It's spicy. I like it. I know where I always go after the unsexy running back. You have made a, a living in this game going after the unsexy quarterback. And honestly, you, I would have said the same stuff about Daniel Jones for years and years and years. And if we're just going to roll right into mine, I'm just going to keep going with it. You good? We don't got to do any business right now. I can keep talking. Yeah, man, you can keep beating up on McCorkle. I, I love me McCorkle. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to talk about a guy that you would have said this about last year or two years ago or three years ago in Daniel Jones. I think he's going to finish top five, Randy. All right. Well, we're going to get we're, we're going to get into my, that's the spiciest one. So, so you have a guy that's going to. Well, I have a two thousand yard rusher. I want to talk about. Okay. But we're going to do something that I haven't done in a long time on this show, and I'm going to do a quick live ad read. Let me run a quick timeout for my new friends at AG1. Now, AG1 is something that I've given a try because I'm a gym bro, but I'm also a meathead, and I needed something to round out that gym bro lifestyle. And I did it because I hate the taste and texture of the foods that I would have to eat in order to get what I get from AG1. AG1 is setting me up with 75 high-quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients, supports my energy, gives me focus, strength, and clarity. AG1 has a broad spectrum of micronutrients and phytonutrients to keep the body nourished all day long. Now, I drink my AG1 in the middle of the afternoon. I reach for the AG1 as opposed to another cup of coffee in the afternoon or another energy drink. AG1 supports the energy that I need throughout the day without the caffeine crash. And I love caffeine, but this is my new little habit that delivers big benefits in an area that I need. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packets with your first purchase. Now, Go to drinkag1.com forward slash dynasty. That's drinkag1.com forward slash dynasty. Check it out. There is links in the show notes. You have a top five what position? Quarterback. Quarterback. Let's hear. So so better than Mac Jones, a quarterback with a better season Ex than Mac Jones. Better. 
exponentially. It's Daniel Jones, man. It's the better Jones. It, Daniel the, Jones, I'm not, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to beat you up too bad because you know I love you, right? This is our Jerry Springer moment. This no, is no, Memphis. No, no. Go ahead. No, no, me, didn't, didn't. So th this is what this is what the Podfather did to Alan Seslowski, and then Seslowski did it back to the Podfather, and it's that. Are you telling me that the QB eight from last year is going to move up three ticks of a point? Because I said McCorkle was going to cut his finish in half. He finished his 24. He's going to 12. So you're saying Daniel Jones is going to leapfrog. So, so who's one yeah, through but, four? But, 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 but the quality of the people that he has to jump to go from three to five is exponentially better than the crumb bums that Mac Jones has to jump up to get into the top 12. You know, I don't think your mom would like you talking about Baker Mayfield like that. Listen, and Tina you think Ryan is, Tannehill doesn't have a soul. Tina is absolutely a watcher of the Dynasty Warzone. Love you, mommy. But I just listen. Daniel Jones is growing with Brian Dable. The rushing is there. He's actually got at least one competent pass catcher. Like we'll see if Wandale Robinson can be anything. Jalen Hyatt. I took, took Wandale Robinson and Paris Campbell. In the Scott Fishbowl, I I think Paris Campbell I mean, get like that Debo love. See, but that's fair. But I'm just I'm not gonna over overanalyze that because I've been saying things about Paris Campbell for what seems like six or seven years at this point. But he's got Darren Waller. They got the 2022 Fred Bolitnikoff winner for the best wide receiver in college football, and Jalen Hyatt. Now, granted. Daniel Jones has not shown a, a tendency to launch the ball down the field, which is sort of what high it is, but it's more talent than what he had last year. Last year was absolutely putrid. It was, I, I don't want to say me cause that's a disrespect to those, to those players that are out there, but nothing good did absolutely no favors for him. He's got some bodies. He's got another year in the day ball system and that boy cheap as all hell. And if he gets to top five, that's going to put him beating out guys that you just would not, the Lamar Jacksons, maybe a Joe Burrow, that kind of stuff. So, so is, me, it, is it spicy? That's my, that's as spicy as I'm going, I think. Uh, man, well, then I, you know, you need to, I want you to look at your third one and I really want you to think about. Could I have done better? Now, let me ask you. No, uh, no the third one's just going to piss everybody off. Let, let me, well, well, th then stick around because mine will too. So last year, if, if I were to tell you that, and you may know this, that Daniel Jones finished fifth amongst quarterbacks in rushing yards. I believe that. How many rushing yards did he finish behind Jalen Hurts? Because you would consider Jalen Hurts to be the creme de la creme, the, the high end, the 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 top dog now obviously ju like Justin Justin Fields set records last year with his rushing, but what was the gap in total yardage between Josh? Excuse me, not Josh Allen. Well, you can we can throw Josh Allen in there too because Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts finished two yards away from each other. How far away was Danny Dimes from that group? Nope. Number of yards, hundred and sixty. Uh, cut a hundred off of that. He finished with fifty-two well, less same rushing. Ballpark. Pretty much. I mean, I'm not going to include Lamar Jackson because Lamar got hurt and missed a bunch of games, so that's not necessarily fair to Lamar, or it doesn't pay a fair picture. But Josh Allen had 762 rushing yards. Jalen Hurts had 760. Josh Allen, 708. And then the next closest guy was Marcus Mariota. So, again, we had another quarterback get hurt. The difference, the real difference between Jalen Hurts and the perception of him being a 
the the elite rushing quarterback and being the Konami code quarterback is really six rushing touchdowns. You know, they did that mush push, the rugby scrum, whatever the hell you want to call it. You know, if Daniel Jones, you know, improves on his 15 passing touchdowns and, you know, keeps the seven, maybe can somehow backdoor pause, no pun intended on the, the, the rushing touchdowns, maybe he gets the 10. All of a sudden, you're, you're getting a guy with, and I don't think top five is out of the, the, the realm of possibility. I will say this, he didn't have any injury issues last year, but he has had injury issues in the past, and that's the same thing with all of these guys. But, 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 just, but that's, just real quick, though, if, if Saquon misses, does that help him or does that hurt him? You know, they brought in a, a fine young man named James Robinson over the weekend. Now, I did not find that newsworthy enough. I I don't think Saquon Barkley is as great as we think that he is. I think where the Giants screwed up is they actually did this backwards. They should have franchised Daniel Jones and saved a shitload of money, and they should have let Saquon Barkley go out and see what the market is. But the Mara family, the Mara family, however you want to pronounce it, they are so loyal to certain players that they just couldn't bring themselves to potentially see him walk. Because we've seen what running backs are getting paid, right? We've seen the quote-unquote value. The Chargers told Austin Eckler, hey, dude, you can go seek a trade. Couldn't find one. They gave him a million bucks, told him to shut the hell up. You know, Dalvin Cook got cut. Joe Mixon had to cut his contract in half to keep his job in in Cincinnati. So I think they did it backwards. Do I think it impacts Daniel Jones? Not really. I mean, if if you truly believe Brian Dayball can do with, with Danny Dimes what he did with Josh Allen, did Josh Allen have a have a Saquon Barkley level running back? I think the best he ever had was Devin Singletary, to be honest. Yeah. So, so no, I mean, to answer your question, no, I don't think that he needs a, a Saquon Barkley level, you know, threat. I think he needs somebody. And, and, and worse comes to worse. They throw the ball more. Is that bad for him? I, for his fantasy I, production, I would say no. I want him, I want him to, to stick right around this rushing. If he comes, comes back with a, yeah. another yes, six yes, to yes, 800, yeah. another six to 800. And I'm looking for him to get to that top five, which is where you're projecting him. I would like him to say maybe go from 15 passing touchdowns to maybe go to 22, 25. That would be great. I would love for Darren Waller and Rondale Moore, kind of like Mac Jones. Mac Jones has like, you know, Robinson. they have, yeah, they have no A, but they got like a bunch of parts. If those guys can just, you know, be better than Isaiah Hodgins and, and, and some of the guys these guys had to deal with. But Jerry, that was a, it wasn't hot, hot, but it was. But I have a hot take for you. Are you ready? Okay. I have a visual aid for those watching on YouTube. Jerry, do you see what team that says? Yeah, it's Indianapolis Colts. That is the Indianapolis Colts. Do you know who the running back is for the Indianapolis Colts? Deion Jackson. Oh, you would you, want, that would was you, like, would you like to try again? <laughs> JT. It is Jonathan Taylor, and Jonathan Taylor is going to return to glory, and he is going to rush for two thousand yards. And he is going to come through again with double-digit touchdowns. I mean, so much came his way this offseason. I I, I, I I, mean, I didn't think it was bold enough to say he's going to be the RB1. That's not bold. He's done that. That's on his resume. That's 2,000 yards is a pretty special accomplishment. And if we can get 2,000 yards and we can get double-digit touchdowns, I think that's spicy. And I, I love his head coach. I love his offensive coordinator, which is the same guy at Shane Steichen. 
They stole him from the Philadelphia Eagles. And I love the fact that he coaches the modern game. Now, this is not shade of Frank Reich. I love, I love Frank Reich. Frank Reich's a good guy. But Shane Steichen has shown on two occasions, two occasions that he can build an offense around an elite offensive weapon. Not just a quarterback, but an elite offensive weapon because in 2019, he built the offense around Austin Eckler. Not 39-year-old expecting his 11th kid, Phillip Rivers, but Austin Eckler. And Austin Eckler broke out that year with Shane Steich, and he went from 39 receptions in his sophomore season to 92 catches in his third year. And he was on pace for even more in 2020, but he only played 10 games. So when Shane Steichen, you know, then moved to Philadelphia, you know, he had some success over there, Jerry. You're familiar with uh, with Jalen Hurts? Because that's the Daniel Jones category now, right? I mean, I mean, it was your take. I'm just, I'm just, just, get, just, just giving you a hard time. But when Steichen took over in 2021, the Eagles finished 2021 as the number one offense in rushing yards and the number two offense in rushing attempts. And then he backed it up last year by finished finishing fifth in rushing attempts and third in rushing yards. And he'll utilize the rush. And if you look at, you know, JT, the quarterback he had in 2021 when he had 1,800 yards and 18 touchdowns, you remember that year, the big JT year? Yeah. You know, who, you know who his QB was? It was not Matt Ryan. It was the corpse of Carson Wentz. But Carson Wentz that year was at least serviceable. And when you have a quarterback that's not a statue back there like Matt Ryan, you know, the defenses have to respect that a little bit, and it makes the offense look better. And clearly people are not showing JT the respect he deserves. Now, he is the RB3 over at Player Profiler, Jerry. I, I want to be honest, but now defenses have got to respect Anthony Richardson and those wheels just like they do with Jalen Hurts. And, and, and if I had told you that the Colts had one of the fastest offenses in the league, would you believe me? No. I mean, but but if you think about it, Jonathan Taylor, 439. Anthony Richardson, fastest QB in the league. Michael Pittman runs a 4-5. Joshua Downs runs a 4-4-8. Alec Pierce, fastest guy on the team. Crazy that the big outside, you know, wide receiver runs a 4-4-1. Jelani Woods, six foot seven tight end, runs a 4-6-40. And then rookie out of Miami, Will Mallory, he runs a 4-5-4 at six foot five. This is a team that can box you out. They can play basketball on grass. And how do you stuff so many guys in the box to, to protect against Jonathan Taylor? You can't. You got all this speed, pulling safeties, pulling linebackers out of the box. Jonathan Taylor is going to be like Hulkamania. He's going to be running wild in 2023. 2,000 yards, double-digit touchdowns. Jerry, what do you think about that take? You're lucky you added the 2,000 yards because if you were just going to say RB1 when he's going as RB3, I was going to jump down your throat after giving me shit for Danny Dimes. But, 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 no, that's fair. It's not going to happen, and you're absolutely on that newly legalized Indiana marijuana, apparently, because Anthony Richardson is going to panic so often in your offense and choose to run because of it, that he's going to end up stealing so much of that dude's love. I love Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is still my dynasty RB one. I have not pivoted off that. He's not sexy. It's gotten worse for me. Don't get me wrong. I think you are nuts. Listen, I got a lot of JT. I hope you're right. 
I just think you're crazy. Well, I I am crazy, but I, I think 17 game season. I think he's going to say it's a contract year. I, I, he, I just I just I really think Anthony Richardson is just not going to be ready to be a passing quarterback in the league, and and he's gonna he's just going to go okay, boom, and then just does do what he does, and I think that's going to cut into JT a lot, especially in those big money situations. You know, but I think you're going to see so much JT in those run pass options. It that, could, I mean, that's and, fair. And, and, and I'm banking on the architect of this offense, Shane Steichen. I saw the good things that that he did with Miles. You know, we love Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders finished as the RB10 True. last year without catching passes. Jonathan Taylor is five times the athlete, way better than Miles Sanders. I understand the hesitation around Anthony Richardson. I am too. And I'm not, this is not a, uh, an Anthony Richardson take, but his athleticism and his ability to extend plays. And, and and just one more thing. When when you drive to the stadium and you're playing the Indianapolis Colts, you got to figure out, and you're the defensive coordinator, or the head coach, man, how do I stop Jonathan Taylor? But how do I stop Anthony Richardson? I can't let Alec Pierce get over the top of me. Man, they got they got two tight ends that run a 4 6 40 or better. They got this little speedy guy named Josh Downs. It's it's, it's like whack-a-mole. And it's not the same as what they did was, you know, Devonta, you know, Devonta Smith and AJ Brown are way better wide receivers, but you're just putting so many options out there that you you're making it so hard for opposing defenses and again, the Colts have deceptive fun, deceptive speed on that offense, Jerry. I don't think I don't think I'm crazy at all. Favorable schedule too. I mean, from what we know third, about so last year, at it's least. A, it's, it's a very good point. So I referenced sharp analyst football earlier, sharp analysis football earlier, and their strength of schedule modeling. The Colts have the third easiest strength of schedule of any team. So th- what that should mean to me is they should be in games. The Colts actually have a pretty decent defense. They kept the same DC. It, it's it's going to be fine on the defensive side of the ball. I'm telling you, they're going to be in games. Defenses will not be able to cue in on JT the way that they did last year. Because what the defenses do last year on the way to the, to the to the stadium, well, Matt Ryan can beat me because Jonathan Taylor's not, and Matt Ryan couldn't. Now you have a lot of headaches. I, I love what they bring to this offense. I didn't want to do it because I'm a Colts fan, but we want this to be hot. I want to say 2,000 yard rusher, and I want to say double digit tutties, Jerry. So am I crazy? A little, but it's not. It's not out of the realm of possibilities. It's a little spicy for sure. See, see, so a little, little spicy. So, all right, you have one more. Now make it count. One more and make it count because mine is probably going to be a bit of a rant, and it's going to piss some people off. So, if you're, I see how many people are watching in the YouTube. You might want to stick around because I'm going to set this mother on fire here in just a hot second. Jerry, give us your third and final. I don't think I'm going to set the world on fire. I just think I'm going to piss people off just because I don't think any rookie is going to finish in the top 30 at the position. Not Jackson Smith and Jigba, not Jordan Addison, not Quentin Johnston, not Jaden Reed, not Johnny Mingo, not any of them in the top 30, which means they're not going to be fantasy relevant really at all this year. Borderline RB3s. Well, you could... Go ahead. I, didn't to, I didn't mean to cut you off, but nope. we we play deep dynasty. To be to be quite honest, we play deep dynasty, and a lot of our listeners, if you tell me a guy is going to be RB thirty, 
I think that's okay. The wide, one wide, that wide receiver, wide receivers. Right, right. Did wide. I not? Did I not say wide receivers? No, you you did say. Well, I, I, I okay. said it wrong. You said it right. I, I have a hard time not seeing that with at least Jordan Addison. You know, the pod father of Matty Kiwoom the other day on the Mind of Mansion show did a well, great... Well, uh, this guy's bonehead character is showing out too right now, so that doesn't well, help Well, I, I don't think he's going to get suspended. I mean, it was a ticket, may, maybe a game, but it's going to be hard for a guy in an know. offense. It's going to be hard for a guy in an offense that's going to throw the ball 650 times. You know, the rest of them, though, I would say this. If, if you told me that I could pick two of these guys and they would finish inside the top 30 of wide receivers, and that the rest of them would finish outside, I would feel a lot more, as long as I could pick the two. I'll tell you my two when you get done. I didn't mean to cut you off mid-ramp. You're fine. I was just going to say, Jackson Smith and Jigba, you're going to have to deal with DK Metcalf in a uh, Geno Smith offense. Jordan Addison, at least you've got the quarterback, but you've got to deal with Justin Jefferson. His production also got worse when he went from Kenny Pickett to Caleb Williams. Granted, Kirk is a better quarterback, but that is what it is. Johnny Mingo, you're going to have to deal. He's a rookie coming into the league with a rookie quarterback. He's trying to figure out the NFL, too. Jaden Reed has Jordan Love at quarterback. He's got to deal with Christian Watson. Quentin Johnston has to deal with Mike Williams, and he has to deal with Keenan Allen, and he's got to figure out the NFL. It's just not a lot. If I was going to pick two, Randy, mine would be JSN and Johnny Mingo, though. If I, if I had a shot at one of them getting in, don't you shake your head at me, sir. No, no, sir. And I, the, the, the two that I would pick would be Jordan Addison. I'm sorry. The, the Minnesota defense is going to be bad. They, th they, they throw a lot under Kevin O'Connell anyway, and there's just too much volume for him to avoid being a wide receiver one and increasing his dynasty value next year. That's number one. That, that is my, the, the first one. And the other one for me is Jaden Reed. I don't think that I don't think that it would be hard for him to end up being the guy that Jordan Love really likes. And that's nothing against Christian I Watson. I, I, I think I'm, I'm 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 looking if I'm looking to two x three x Terry McLaren x my value of a rookie in this class. I think my number one target for Dynasty is going to be Jaden Reed. I, th I think he's. I think he's got something. He graduated next to you at Michigan State, which in and of My itself is, is pretty wild for me to think about. Jerry graduating next to a guy in the NFL, but these things happen when you go to a major, to a major university. But those would be my two. And who th th then? Who do you think is is going to be worth next to nothing next year? Who's going to be the guy then that's dynasty value is just going to fall on rock hard times? I, do, I don't want to say that it's going to fall to nothing, but I I really think Quentin Johnston is going to be so much less productive than people are giving his draft capital credit for. I, I, I actually like his landing spot, and I think he is in a good spot to be productive in the future. Mike Williams has proven that he can play in this league, and Keenan Allen is one of the dogs of this league. And Justin Herbert has shown that he likes those guys, and Austin Eckler did not die either, and he is known for what? Catching the damn ball. The, there is just... I mean, Gerald Everett had a good year, too. I mean, there there is a lot a lot of miles to feed in that situation. And but, I, but, I, I, but, like, I like him long-term, but I, I really think his production is going to be like, 450 yards and it's just going to be cool to hate him and that's going to be the time to scoop him up 
he, he's got to be getting to the to the point to where he's almost a value in dynasty. And at some point, everything becomes a value. And I think we're getting there. What what I want to see is I, I want to see, because I'll be honest, at cost, and I see the comments in, in the YouTube chat, he's the next Robbie Chosen Anderson. It's funny, the bonus Dynasty Warzone podcast of fake outs and breakouts I did the other night, producer Kevin said on that podcast, because Kevin was our guest. Now, Kevin's behind the scenes. He's he's pushing the buttons. He's making the show go. Kevin came on with me on Friday, and we did some more, you know, dynasty fakeouts and breakouts, and, and and he actually brought up Robbie Chosen Anderson as it relates to Quentin Johnson. So I, this is great. This is making the rounds, and this is perfect, guys. This is perfect. This is the propaganda that you that you use that you use to go get Quentin Johnston dirt cheap. Now yeah, what's dirt me, cheap to me? Hold on. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me, okay. Uh, Kevin, can you pop up Jay Todd's comment there? It says, I believe that they're giving takes for next year, but this is a dynasty stream. JSN and Addison, obviously top 30 dyno wide receivers. Absolutely. But their value will change. Well, yes, yeah, this, is a, this, this is a dynasty show for sure. That's all we do. Values are not long-term values are, absolutely volatile and they change immediately um there, so there's they, a handful of guys that that can fade a good year or like a, a good year for some guys are just going to make them like nuclear hot like if kyle pitts actually does what people think kyle pitts can do it's great but you know what he's already a top three dynasty tight end so that doesn't change him anything but if if you say that quentin johnson's gonna fall then he could fall out of the top 30 wide receivers because we're going to get a wide receiver crop next year. And also, it's not like the t- not making the top 30 is the end of the world. I mean, Christian Watson didn't finish as a top 30 wide receiver last year, and his value is still very insulated. It's still you're getting a lot of hype there. So what you're looking for out of out of a guy that even though he doesn't finish inside the top 30, what you're looking for is pockets. You're looking for moments. Christian Watson last year, it's a great example. He had pockets. He had moments of of showing that you know he had the potential to be this, and, and, and he took a huge jump. I'll, all I'm saying with QJ, and we'll wrap up the rookies, and I'll, I'll give you my my final take, and then we'll burn this mother down. It, it is that at some point, no matter how much you don't like somebody, he becomes a value. You know, I don't like eating vegetables, so I don't eat them. But at some point, they'll become such a valuable thing that I, I have to put some on my plate. Probably not the best analogy, but uh, I'm sitting here champing at the bit for my final one. Now, the YouTube subscribers and the YouTube streamers have seen the thumbnail. Jerry, did you see the player in the thumbnail of this YouTube stream? Yes, a very polarizing figure in the Randall Young world of fantasy football. Now, I'm not going to go as far as to say he's the next Baker Mayfield, except that my final hot take is that Justin Fields does not progress as a passer and is not a bear in 2024. I said what I said. From a fantasy standpoint, from a, from a, from that standpoint this year, you're going to get some points. He's going to get you some points. He's going to finish in that. I, I, I don't love the style. I, I don't think it's sustainable. And he, the way that he runs, he opens himself up to industry, uh, in, industry. He opens himself up to injury. And I am tired. I am sick and tired of this lazy narrative that he's Josh Allen. He's not Josh Allen, okay? Josh Allen 
had to go old school and had to make a mixtape and send it to all 300 D1 colleges before landing at Wyoming. And the even lazier comp for me is Jalen Hurts. I got news for you about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has been humbled by football. You got you with me? He's been humbled by football. Nick Saban basically threw Jalen Hurts out in favor of Tua, and that humbled Jalen Hurts. Then Jalen Hurts fell to 53. He fell to 53 overall by a team that took him as an experiment. They had an established quarterback there in Carson Wentz. That team, the Eagles were mocked for taking Jalen Hurts. And he was coming off of a 4,000-yard passing season in Oklahoma, and he was humbled again. Justin Fields has never been humbled or humble. He was on CBS Sports this week talking about he's going to throw for 4,000 yards this year. What the fuck are you talking about? You've no not, Bears you've, you've fold, <laughs> ever done that. You, you have, well, first of all, yes, no, no Bear has ever done it. And you've, you've thrown for 4,100 yards in 25 games. He's not humble. And can we be a little bit more realistic? Can, can we shoot for 3,000? But no. How's a guy that, it, that that's went 5-20? and 20? You, you referred to Uncle Colin earlier, right? 5-20? and 20? How is a guy who's went 5-20, and 20, averaged 23.5 passing attempts a game? I'll tell you why. Because his team doesn't trust him to throw the ball, even when they're getting the dog shit kicked out of him. Why? Because he can't throw the football. I don't give a shit what he did at Ohio State. I'm not chasing that cognitive dissonance. I've seen what I've seen. Is he a great quarterback? Yeah. Yes, he can. He can He can most certainly run, and he can most certainly throw you fantasy points. But you know what? He's only completed 59.7% of his passing attempts. The guy completes 14 passes a game in his career. Oh, but Memphis, Memphis, did, did you know he got DJ Moore? This is the even lazier people's comp. Oh, DJ Moore is going to come in and save him. Oh, it's DJ Moore. Who the fuck is DJ Moore made better? <laughs> Absolutely nobody. Absolutely nobody. I mean, at least I get Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs had Case Keenum have a career year, and they won a playoff game. Kirk Cousins has made a bajillion dollars with the help of guys like Stefan Diggs. And then A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown literally helped resurrect Ryan Tannehill's career. But, let, but let's talk about DJ Moore. Let's, let's talk about DJ Moore and all the quarterbacks he's played with. DJ Moore didn't make Cam Newton better. That was Christian McCaffrey who had over 120 catches that year. DJ Moore didn't make Sam Darnold better. Sam Darnold completed a Justin Fields-esque 59.9% of his passes with DJ Moore, okay, when he was in Carolina. Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, had his worst completion percentage of his career while he's in Carolina. And now all of a sudden, it's like manna falling from heaven. It's fucking fishes and loaves night here at the here at the Bears compound. It's a bunch of bullshit, guys. Can he be great for fantasy? Yes, I know he went to Ohio State. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. All right? It doesn't matter. He can't pass the ball. If, if, if he does, he does. I don't think he's the hard worker that Josh Allen is. I don't think he's the humbled, hardworking quarterback that J, that, that Jalen Hurts is. I, I, I think he's a guy that people like because he's on a team in America's, what, third largest city, second largest city? It's it's in the top three or four. I know Houston and L.A. and New York. There, There's your big four markets, by the way, kids, for those of you that 
But but I'm just over this. This is the laziest, laziest narrative in the whole world. Oh, here, here comes DJ Moore and, and, and Chase Claypool. and Nobody cares. That's not even that much better than Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Gusecki, Kendrick Bourne, and the, the jack-offs in Chicago. Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator. All of a sudden, we're just going to turn him loose? This drives me crazy. He will not be a bear next year. This team is going to be absolute trash. They're going to end up taking their draft pick, Carolina's draft pick, probably some other draft picks, and they're going to move up to go get Drake May. They're going to go move up, and they're going to go get Caleb Williams. They have the draft capital to do it. And, you know, by the way, one last thing on the DJ Moore take, Jerry. One last thing, by the way. Yeah. DJ Moore wasn't even the guy they wanted, okay? They wanted Brian Birds, and Carolina said absolutely not. So then the Bears came back because Matt Eberflus, you know, who had DeForest Buckner in Indianapolis, he said, hey, I want Derek Brown. They are like, absolutely not. All right, fine. What about DJ Moore? Fine. It's like any dynasty trade that we've ever done. It's like any dynasty. Eventually, you get to the point to where you say yes. So it's a no on Burns. It's a no on Brown, but it's DJ Moore. I don't get it, man. I, I am over this. He is, he is Baker Mayfield 2.0. He, he's, he's the better running version of, of Baker Mayfield. And eventually his one trick is going to get caught up. And he is a guy who is going to be on a new team just like so many others. He's worth way more now in Dynasty than he'll be a year from now. But you know what? Just like all the other guys that people have traced in Dynasty for years and years and years and years. As long as we remember those videos of him running, and we saw that Buckeye on his helmet. We just assume that he can replicate that. He's not done it in two years, and he ain't doing it now. Jerry, that is my rant. I'm taking a fucking drink of water. I don't know what I could say. I don't know if there are words to match that passion to either agree with you or disagree with you. The one thing that I will say, just to play devil's advocate, is that that ownership group and that general manager made a choice where they could have taken a quarterback at one or stuck with Justin Fields, and they decided to stick with Justin Fields, which makes me think that even if my man is... I I, I don't know if YouTube will let me quote you. There was a lot of a lot of F-words and S-words in there about, about Justin Fields. Yeah, we're probably not monetizing this one at Player no, Profile. No, I'll, I don't I'll, think I'll, so. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell Matt to take it off the back end. I don't know what the hell to tell you. Uh, I just, I, I feel like they are stuck with with riding this man out at this point because if you you do decide to get rid of him when you had the number one overall pick and you had a shot, don't let Bryce Young be good. Then everyone in Chicago is getting the axe. But I, listen, Randy, what do you want me to say? I, the, the, this I, I, this office, this front office regime and, and head coach didn't draft this guy. I'm telling you, they did not draft this guy. And if he no. does not progress, I'm telling you, he'll be gone. But I, they I, made I, the choice to stick with him, though. But, but yes, they didn't draft him, but you're, they, you're they had the first overall pick. Okay, but let's let's say they have an equally horrible year. Very yeah. possible, very possible they could have it because the Bears were not the favorite to have the number one overall pick last year. Fair. They, they have an equal now. They have an equally bad year, which they will. They're the worst. I, I, the I, 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 I think they're. They think their win total is like seven and a half. Not give, a shot. Give, but, okay. 
we'll see. We'll see. But they have their first, which I'm I'm projecting is going to be in the top five, six. They have Carolina's first. I think Carolina's got a good defense. They're in a weak division, so that's probably like a pick in the teens. You know, if they wind up in, in a spot to where I'm not saying they're going to get the number one overall pick. I'm I'm not that crazy. You know, Arizona would like a word. Houston, well, I guess Arizona via Houston could be right back in there. They're they're going to do that. But if they wind up in a spot to where um, uh, a Drake May or another quarterback's on the board, and part of the, the the allure of having a quarterback on a rookie deal is having a quarterback on a rookie deal. This is year three. If he does not fire, it's going to be a little bit different for them next year because Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze and everything involved in the Bears, they've got to make a decision. So I don't, th- I don't think he fires. From what we do from a fantasy football standpoint, I think he's going to be fine. I think he, he's going to be in that QB 6-12 to 12 range. I think he'll miss a couple of games due to injury. Uh, I think there'll be a couple of ugly turnover games. And, and, and – He'll be right in that pocket, but no one near what I want to hitch my wagon to is my QB one. If I'm still doing a startup over at the FFPC, something like that. Right. No way in hell. I I will not argue that point. He is too volatile to sort of be that first round. Those you know those guys that go in the first eight nine picks of every single superflex draft. While his production last year and probably this year would would dictate that that's where he should go. I'm I'm with you. I think he can get better. Uh, I, like I'm not I'm not going to say that he's going to win enough games to keep his job. I think you're probably right when it comes to that. I think he'll be better for fantasy. I I, I mean I I don't I don't think DJ Moore is going to make him better, but goddamn, he's better than Darnell Mooney. And now you put Darnell Mooney at you know wide receiver three ish. I don't know if you want to take him or Claypool. I've never really been a fan of either of them, but at least they're bodies. The running game is going to get worse, so you know David Montgomery isn't going to take as much. I don't know. There, right, there, there's a there's a, there's a chance he can get a little better. Well, you, but I'm with you, Randy. I I don't I don't think they're winning. Like I I, I really don't. I know there's some hype around him, but I just but, but would he thing. have gotten better last it, it, year? I, it, that's fair. That's fair. But he's he's got better people around him, so I I'll, I'll give him. You a got little DJ bit of Moore, who who yeah. the data shows didn't make anybody better. Yeah, but he's he's better than who they had at least. The, the problem is, is he plays in Chicago where it's cold as hell. And it's windy as hell when it's not cold as hell. And sometimes it's windy as hell and cold as hell. And that's just not going to be conducive to him growing as a passer. It, it, I mean, it, and if you've ever been to Soldier Field, it's right there. Lake Michigan is there. Like, you're driving by it. I'm usually, I usually have my middle finger up as a Detroit Lions fan when I drive by Soldier Field. But Lake Michigan is right there. And it is not going to do any 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 good for that. And maybe they move it out of the city at some point, which maybe that'll help. But listen, if he was the quarterback in Atlanta and played in a dome a bunch, I'm sure a homeboy could run around like a madman and he could do a lot of good things. In Chicago, it's going to be tougher. So I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah, for me, the underlying metrics just aren't there. I mean, his... Sorry, but before they started running the ball a ton last year, because, you know, his first season and but up until the first anything. month... It, exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, it the running went, went, went Well, it helped his fantasy, which I agree. It didn't help them win. But I'm saying, like, even before then, it was, you know, when they were just trying to make him a passing quarterback, he just wasn't. His, just, his completion percentage... Him. Went from fifty eight point nine to sixty point four. 
So technically, yes, that is an improvement. Yeah, but that's that, but that's not a step. No, that's basically that that that's linearly the same. His yards per game went down. He barely he he played in fifteen games and he threw twenty two hundred yards as a rookie. He played in twelve games and threw for eighteen hundred. His inter is it his interception percentage is basically the same. His sacks went up. His yards per attempt six point nine as a rookie, seven point one as a sophomore. Yards per yards per catch eleven point eight as a rookie, eleven point seven as a sophomore. Yards per game went down by six. I mean, his rushing went way up. Oh, his sacks from his rookie year to his sophomore year went from 36 to 55. It's always, yeah, but next. But yeah, but he's going to get, but yeah, but, but, but yeah, 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 but I'm passionate, but, 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 because for a lot of services, he's the QB eight in, I know that that's what I'm guessing. I don't have player profiler pulled up, but he's in that range. Ain't no way in hell. If I can get out for a much more stable piece there, if I can get out for a guy that's not going to blow up in my face, not for me. Yeah, it's just it's not for me. And and I know that this chaps Bears fans ass. It's it's not personal. You know, I took so much heat when I said Baker Mayfield was a bust. I just got crushed. I just got crushed. And sometimes you hit him, sometimes you miss him. You know, I picked Daniel Jones. I that, thought he was. I thought he was going to be a good player. Overall, Baker Mayfield. You, you know, you. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I remember when he was going number two overall in a super flex behind a guy named Patrick Mahomes. It's nothing against the kid. He's a he's a nice enough kid. But if I'm doing a startup today, if I'm doing a trade today, I am not looking to acquire any Justin Fields at his cost. It's going to blow up. It's too hot to handle, and I'm out, Jerry. But Jerry, there you go riled some people up uh i appreciate all the love in the chat hundreds of comments in the chat people wanted to hear it i super appreciate it we don't always have to agree that's the whole point if you only listen to people that agree with you you're never going to grow that's an echo chamber we call that the nba why do nba players seem to be like 31 32 35 year old adolescents because they live in an echo chamber where everybody's like yeah 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 man you're the man you're doing great we're not supposed to dis you know we're not supposed to always agree somebody sometimes we have to be able to see different perspectives and 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 if justin fields turns around and and blows up i'll i'll be the first to give him his flowers as as the kids say but uh Jerry, there you go, man. Hot takes got hot at the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a good one. There was there was passion, sir. You got hey, you, hey, you, to you have have a good show. You got to have passion. And if there was a person who had some fucking passion tonight, hey, dude. Hey, I, listen. I, it will make it very clear as we close it down. I am not rooting for any of these kids because they're all kids. Because I'm old as hell. Um, I, I I root for all of these guys. I would much rather Justin Fields take a huge step forward be a 68% passer and, and have and have a great and have a great season. I just don't think it's going to happen. And that's why I'm here. I mean I'm I'm here to give you some hot takes. I'm here to give you guys that I'm buying, guys that I'm not buying, 100% not. But listen, we're going to get out of here. We're going to do an overtime. I'm going to have to go like spritz off and uh I I'm, I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to run a quick overtime with like one more mini hot take between Jerry and I, but I would, again, I can't thank the YouTube chat enough. It was lit tonight. Mr. Ja Webb, uh, Harry snowman, Mike Kenny, all the regulars and so many new people. Thank you to the new people for coming by the live chat. Super appreciate that over at YouTube. I uh, want to mention again, AG one drink, AG one forward slash dynasty. Um, guys, I've never pushed anything on this show that I don't personally use. 
It is good. It does not taste like licking a zucchini freshly out of the garden. It does not taste like dirt. It actually tastes really, really good. AG1, drinkag1.com forward slash dynasty. And then our Patreon, we're, we're doing something new. You will be getting this show. If you're a patron over at patreon.com forward slash dynasty Warzone. you will get this show early and you will get it ad free in audio form. It'll be in your podcast on the Patreon channel on Monday nights for you to listen to as opposed to having to wait till Wednesday morning. You get it early. You get it ad-free. There's the opportunity for leagues. There's so much. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Drinkag1.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And uh, Jerry, let's get the hell out of here. Go do let's some do it. You're You're a G1. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Kevin run the uh, the outro streamer. We're going to see you guys next week. And uh, don't forget, you think this show was crazy. Wait until I get the Podfather stirred up next week right the here. CEO. Player Profiler, YouTube channel, Memphis, The Mansion, and Jerry chopping it up, guys. We'll be back next Sunday ready to do this shit again. Have a great week. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak